Hey everybody, this is Cujo with the Real Surfers out here, and we have a very interesting thing to discuss today. So I got my buddy Robes out there with me, and you may remember him, a blast from the past. Our buddy Zed has come back to us tonight, and he is going to be talking about one of his favorite topics, a thing we've mentioned in the past. We've actually done a couple podcasts, I think, on, on this in the past. World of Warcraft. And in particular, we're going to be talking about the new World of Warcraft Battle for Azeroth. So, Zed, welcome back to the fold, and uh, go ahead and take it away, if you will. Yeah, thanks. It's great to be back home, guys. First, just thanks for having me back, and uh, anybody out there that... Uh, used to has been listening since I was on the podcast. Uh, way to way to stick with the show because that's been a while. And of course, uh, we have done. This will make the third expansion uh, since the Real Surfers has uh, been on the interwebs that we have done for World of Warcraft. And um, while I sort of gaslighted these guys to get me on the podcast uh, in in hopes that I would be talking about World of Warcraft. Uh, really, I'm going to be talking about my new book that's coming out this fall. It's called Death of a Thousand Lettos. <laughs> oh, boy. It never gets over that. <laughs> I had to get it in there somehow. You had to go there. You're going to eat those words when uh, maybe this comes out. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right. So, no, we, we really are talking about Battle for Azeroth tonight. So... Uh, in order to talk about Battle for Azeroth, I, I do want to kind of jump back into the past and kind of talk about a couple of the events in World of Warcraft that led us up to Battle for Azeroth. And of course, I just had Robes and Cujo uh, watch the Battle for Azeroth trailer, and we'll be—I'll give you guys a second to ask questions about that when we get to that real quick. But um, there's a couple of events from the last expansion that I kind of need to talk about first. And then I'm also going to talk a little bit about um, a book that was just released called Before the Storm, which kind of ties together the uh, World of Warcraft Legion expansion, which is currently out, to the Battle for Azeroth expansion, which comes out uh, in August of this year. So um, just spoiler alert big time for anybody that's out there listening and doesn't want to know how any of this is going to pan out before you read that book or before you play Battle for Azeroth. This thing is just going to be full of spoilers, so go read the book and play the game before you listen to this episode if you don't want to be spoiled. So, uh, back in World of Warcraft Legion, as a matter of fact, the uh, cinematic trailer that we watched for World of Warcraft Legion, um, it actually showed uh, the Alliance of the Horde, which are sort of the two... Uh, factions in World of Warcraft, which, uh, the, you know, the Alliance is your traditional, what is thought of as good, and your Horde, not really evil, but uh, more misunderstood, if you will, but sort of painted as the traditional sort of Tolkien, they've got orcs and trolls and that kind of thing, um, that you would think of generally as being the bad guys, however, they are not necessarily evil, just misunderstood. So um, we see them teaming up, and we see uh, Sylvanas Windrunner um, helping out Varian Wren. Varian Wren is the, the leader of the Horde, or leader of the Alliance at the time that that is happening, and they're, they're uh, joining forces to go fight the Burning Legion um, on, a, on a place in Azeroth called the Broken Shore. So um, they get there, and they hold this 
this epic battle, the horde attacks from um, the high ground. The alliance is actually attacking from the low ground. They get there to face the legion for the first time, and uh, the battle does not go well. So during the course of that battle, the horde leader, whose name is Vol'jin, uh, who is a troll, actually suffers a serious wound. And Sylvanas Windrunner, who is sort of the um, second in command, and she is the uh, the eyebrow chick. She's the eyebrow chick, yeah. <laughs> so um, she's the uh, faction leader for what's called the Forsaken um, in the uh, Horde, and we'll talk about them more in just a second. She sees that Vol'jin has suffered a, a pretty bad wound, and um, you know she goes and she. Uh, recovers him, tries to, and is attempting to get him off the battlefield, and he actually gives the call for retreat, um, because he sees that basically the horde is about to be overtaken. So, Varian, uh, Ren, again, the, the leader of the alliance, is actually, he looks up around this time as the alliance is getting sort of overpowered on the ground, and sees the horde retreating first before sort of an overall call for retreat was given. And he thinks that uh, Sylvanas is betraying him, basically. Uh, so that's the perspective that they got from the Alliance. So the Horde retreats, and uh, the Alliance starts to make their retreat, but they are unable to. So um, Varian actually sacrifices himself uh, in order to make sure that the Alliance can get out safely and uh, the Legion proceeds to blow his body into about a million pieces. <laughs> so uh, he's just totally gone. Um, so we actually get, we get back then to the Horde's capital city of Orgrimmar, and um, we see what is Vol'jin, the Horde leader, is also dying. And again, this is information that the Alliance did not have at that time. But he then... Uh, appoints Sylvanas as the leader of the entire horde, uh, whereas before she was only leader of the Forsaken, which is a, a race of people within the horde. Um, so a little bit about the Forsaken real quick, because um, we're going to have to go into a little bit of that to explain some of the things that we're going to be talking about later. Uh, the Forsaken, basically, they all used to be human, uh, at one time, with the exception of Sylvanas, uh, who used to be an elf at one time. Yeah, she looks elven. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know if you guys ever finished or watched any of that Arthas, like, three-hour crazy video that I sent you. Um, I didn't expect you to make it all the way through that. But um, what, what's happening there is that's the story of Arthas Menethil, who... Um, at one time was a human and ends up becoming a main villain in the Warcraft universe. He's known as the Lich King. Um, so when he is sort of rising to power as the Lich King, uh, he faces up against Sylvanas to get something he needs to sort of um, solidify his reign. And uh, he defeats Sylvanas and her entire elven people and uh, so, sort of the moment when he's overthrowing them, you know, she's thinking he's going to kill her. And he says that death is too good for her. And he basically raises her up to uh, serve him as a banshee. 
so so basically, you know, he he's sort of a a death knight. This is the Lich King. He he raises the dead to join his forces. So um, the Forsaken are a subgroup of that uh, undead peoples called the the, the well, Scourge is the is Arthas's faction um, of undead, who are basically you know they are all mindless uh you know zombie ghoul type things that just follow his every command well the skur or the forsaken is a group of peoples that sort of break away from that curse and stop following arthas um and sylvanas is really pivotal to making that happen and so you know obviously they couldn't just go back to their human uh, you know, people because, uh, they're sort of, you know, they don't understand. They're not the bad guy undead anymore. They're all zombies. So they right. kind of join up with the horde who accepts them in because, hey, they've got orcs and trolls and, uh, Taran <laughs> and other big abominable things. So why not? Yeah. You don't seem so bad compared to all these other ones. <laughs> That's right. So, <laughs> um, so uh that's that's just some history of the Forsaken and and you're gonna need to know that in just a minute. So we've got uh Vol'jin's death and Sylvanas is the new leader of the Horde, uh which of course we also had Varian's death. So when they get back, the Alliance is looking to a new leader. Well, who is better to do that than Varian's son? His name is Anduin. Um so Anduin Wren is going to take over the Alliance. And he is really angry, of course, at the Horde because he believes they uh, had uh, abandoned his father uh, and caused his death. So um, aside from that, you know, there's still this they didn't defeat the Burning Legion. So there's still this uh, terrible foe that they must both overcome. So they kind of set all of that to the side and both sides still do team up and end up stopping the ultimate big bad, um, which has been uh, a bad for a long time in the World of Warcraft universe, his name is Sargeras. Um, we won't go into what he is or his backstory, um, other than the only thing we need to know about him is he's finally stopped um, by them teaming up, and that he is pretty much the size of a planet. Whoa. So, <laughs> yeah, as they are stopping him, um, right before they do... He plunges his sword into Azeroth, which is the planet that they're on, obviously. Right. Uh, he plunges it into uh, a part of the world known as Silithus. And uh, this thing is truly amazing to behold in-game, because, I mean, I knew how big Sargeras was. That he's basically bigger than the whole planet. And I thought, you know, just for... Uh, continuity or making it fit and that kind of thing. When you go out there to see the sword in the ground for the first time, I thought, you know, it's going to have to be like, you know, scaled down or something. This thing is absolutely massive. It is, I mean, you can see it from so far away and uh, you just kind of, you get up on it and it's just like, wow, you know, this thing is basically bigger than any structure that's ever been in the game before. So oh. it's, uh, it's totally nuts to just get out, like go out there and look at when you're playing the game. Um, so that leads us up to where pretty much the events of the uh, book starts before the storm, which is kind of what we're going to go into next. So um, any questions or 
or anything we need to go over from what I've covered so far? Um, where, so, you know, the movie that came out, where does this lie along that timeline? So this is, um, probably 30 something years after that movie. Okay. Cause wasn't, uh, weren't both of those Volchik and Valerian in the, in the movie? So Varian was the kid at the end of the movie. Okay. Um, remember that he was, his father died and he was king. Yes. Um, the chick, the Savannah, she would not have been in that movie, although she was alive. Um, she's an elf, so she's like thousands of years old. What about the orc guy that died in there and he had a kid? Uh, oh yeah, Vol'jin. So he, Vol'jin is a troll. So, um, Vol'jin actually wasn't in the movie, but he also was alive at that time. Um, but no, he wasn't, he wasn't in that movie at all. Okay. Um, that, that kid that you've seen floating down the river has already come to power, led the horde and gone on. By this time. Okay. Yeah. Got it. All right. Um, but good questions for anybody, because anybody else out there that doesn't know this and has seen that movie probably is scratching their head right now going, what? <laughs> yeah. All right. Clip we saw, but I, you're not there yet, right? Yeah, no, no, not there yet. Get Be there in just, just a minute. No worries. So <laughs> um, now I'm going to talk about some events that happen in a, in a book called Before the Storm. Um, which I read like the first day it came out a couple weeks ago. <laughs> so, um, basically it starts off with the world having uh, a lot of implications from a giant, uh, sword from a planet sized being, being, uh, shoved into it. So <laughs> the goblin race, which is part of the horde, um, they, they go to the sword and they kind of, uh, quickly figure out that there is, this uh, fascinating substance leaking out from all around the sword, um, which they have dubbed as Azerite. So uh, they get some uh, warning, both sides, the, both factions sort of get some warning from a guy named Magni Bronzebeard, who is a, a dwarf, who is sort of the speaker for the planet. That is his designation, actually. Um, who is ba- he basically says, Hey, this is, uh, this stuff is, um, actually the blood of Azeroth. It's literally the lifeblood of the planet. And, uh, you know, we need to be careful and we need to try and heal this giant wound that's in our planet and figure out what we're going to do about this because this is actually going to cause problems. Well, the goblins start experimenting on this stuff and they figure out, uh, very quickly that it has some e- extreme magical properties. And that it, uh, you can make, uh, very good things that go boom and weapons from it. So, uh, they, uh, of course go back and tell Sylvanas about this almost immediately. And, uh, Sylvanas, of course, is thinking, okay, wow, you know, we can finally use this to just put the alliance in their place once and for all because Sylvanas really does not like the alliance, um, for several reasons, but a lot of it has to do with just uh, holding grudges about them um, keeping her. They, they, one of the faction leaders within the alliance during the the uh, Legion expansion stops her from uh, achieving her goal, which is um, being able to enslave this Valkyrie god 
to uh, in in order to be able to raise more uh, forsaken from the dead so that her people don't just die off. Because if you think about it, you know, Arthas, the, the Lich King, was the one that was raising the people from the dead. It's not something Sylvanas really has the power to do. And, uh, you know, there's only so many Forsaken, so at some point they just dwindle into nothing. It's not like zombies reproduce. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least not these ones. I guess traditional zombies uh, bite people to reproduce. Sure. So, um, uh, so uh, along this time, the Alliance also learns of this uh, Azerite stuff. And uh, they're just kind of keeping a close eye on it. They don't really know what it does uh, just yet. They've got some spies and whatnot that's just kind of watching the goblins to see what they're doing. And around this time, um, Anduin meets uh, Kalia Minithil, which uh, is the sister of Arthas from when he was a human who has really been out of the picture since Arthas uh, walked into... Uh, Lord Aran, which used to be the kingdom that him and his father or his father ruled and he would have ruled and basically started killing everyone and turning them into scourge. Uh, he even killed his own father and uh, it was assumed that he had killed his sister, but we find out she actually did survive. Right. So uh, why this is a little important is because the Forsaken actually live in what's called the Undercity which is the hollowed-out sewers turned into a city of Lordaeron, because Lordaeron is just sort of uh, ruins, if you will. Um, Lordaeron is actually the city that you see being uh, the the battle is taking place at in that trailer that you just watched. Okay. So um, it's kind of important that Kalia Menethel is coming back into the scene because she is uh, really the rightful heir to Lordaeron, even though there's not really anybody at it, <laughs> um, other than just under the ground, and they're all undead. So um, Anduin decides, uh, he, he sort of has always been the soft-hearted one. He, uh, even though there was some bad blood in the last, uh, you know, war campaign and that kind of thing, uh, when they were fighting the Legion, he is a priest, uh, by trade, and um, he has always been one that uh, believed in sort of trying to uh, forgive and, you know, uh, practice that sort of lifestyle. And he decides that, uh, you know, there are many people alive in his city, many, many humans that uh, have forsaken, that are alive, that their family, they're, you know, they're their families or their kids, or their cousins, uncles, that kind of thing. Um, and he decides that, you know, maybe it would be good if he approaches Sylvanas and tries to come to some sort of agreement where they can have this sort of uh, reunification day um, where they put on this sort of arranged thing. And, you know, both sides agree to a truce and let uh, the civilian uh, forsaken and humans uh, that are family kind of reunite. Well, um Kalia is sort of involved in this as well because she's also a priest, uh, in, which is they have the Order of the Light, basically, is what they serve in, in Azeroth. And um, so uh, he becomes friends with her pretty quickly, and um, he approaches Sylvanas and 
uh, talks to her about this idea, uh, of which uh, no one thought she would go for, but she actually has this problem that's brewing in her city, which there is this um, council that has arisen up in her absence um, that's just, they've been kind of leading things. And these, uh, they actually have a different idea of what they want for their, the Forsaken, you know, where Sylvanas wants to keep the flame going and raise more Forsaken. These people actually uh, kind of want zombie euthanasia. <laughs> um, they've decided that maybe we need to try and figure out some, at some point in which, you know, do we end the life or allow people to, you know, end their life? Because basically they're, you know, unending death. You, you can even chop their head off and, you know, it's going to stay alive in a box. So there are ways to kill them. Um, but, you know, they have whole systems for repairing limbs and that kind of thing, making new limbs out of uh, substances and grave robbing to exchange arms and all of that. So... Uh, you know, there's at some point, you know, they want to rest, basically. Uh, they don't want to, you know, roam the earth as undead forever. So, um, she decides that, uh, this council, which there's, I think, seven or eight of them, that, uh, they could go and, and only them to just as sort of a trial run could go and, um, meet up with, they're humans that uh, that they want to live, and, and one. And she thinks it's going to be a gigantic failure because she thinks they're going to get there. The relatives are going to be horrified at how they look, smell, you know, just are, and uh, they're basically going to run away. So she agrees, and uh, they set up a neutral ground at which to do this, and they they have all these terms and conditions. Uh, Sylvanas agrees not to harm any of. Uh, Anduin's people, and he agrees to the same. They both bring a sort of a military presence just to make sure, you know, they stay on each other's side, but they're there in case something goes wrong. So Kalia Menethil accompanies uh, Anduin to this event, but she is supposed to stay at the camp, so back like with the uh, the soldiers, basically, and not like out with the loved ones. Uh, because both sides also send sort of an ambassador to, to greet, um, you know, and, and sort of help moderate the, the families that are exchanging, um, things and, uh, you know, seeing each other, other reunited for the first time. And, uh, I guess, I guess it's probably like they're being reunited for the first time in like 15 years or something like that. Um, that's not a hard, uh, date. Or, or time span, uh, nerds keep your emails. <laughs> but, uh, that's not true. <laughs> yeah. Someone's got the exact amount of time that it's been to the second, I'm sure. But. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it'll happen. Uh, so, uh, Kalia actually ends up going out, um, to be one of these ambassadors. And Anduin, um, you know, at first like questions it, but then he can't, she can't really turn around because if it's going to look funny, like there's something fishy going on. So he says, you know, make sure you keep your cloak up because, uh, you know, Sylvanas, if she recognizes her, that could cause some stir because now 
Sylvanas is going to see her sort of as an interloper because, you know, she's the rightful heir of the city that's laying on top of the sewer that the Forsaken live in. <laughs> so um, the event takes place and everyone's from both sides is out there. There were there were some initial people um, from the Alliance that kind of were horrified and just kind of ran back, um, you know, much obviously to the. Uh, the heartbreak of those people at the Forsaken who had come to see their loved ones. This kind of made Sylvanas happy because, you know, she thought this is what would happen anyway. And she's not too happy about this um, council of, of people that want to find a, a mortal end to their lives. Um, and uh, she wants them to sort of lose hope, if you will, and lose some power. So, um, but uh, there are more that, uh, stay there and spend time with their families than not. And so uh, the entire time the event is going on, um, Sylvanas is kind of watching. Um, she is literally flying above and watching. And uh, she notices that Kalia is there. And um, she Kalia is sort of mingling with both sides and she's really only supposed to be talking to the humans. Um, so this kind of sets some initial flares and then, um, you know, what happens is her hood comes down and Sylvanas actually recognizes that it's her. Well, when this happens, um, Sylvanas, they had had a, a set call for her people to retreat, no questions asked, drop everything and run back to their side. She gives this command. And when that happens, a good majority of the forsaken that don't want to leave their family actually start running with their families back to the Alliance camp. So this immediately sets um, Sylvanas sort of uh, in a frenzy and she gives the order to execute her own people that are running back to the Alliance camp because they have essentially at that point committed treason. Now she does not, she, she keeps her into the bargain and does not touch one hair on any of the Alliance people. Um, not even the Alliance soldiers. She only executes her own people. Of course, Anduin is sort of shocked and horrified by this. Uh, and then after the executing of her own people is done. She actually comes down and uh, swoops in on Kalia and is ready to execute Andu or uh, Kalia. Anduin kind of steps in and says, you know, you can't do this, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, she points out that Kalia is not one of his people um, because she <laughs> is, uh, uh, she is uh, from, Lordaeron, yeah, and uh, she is an interloper to this uh, sort of whole conversation. And uh, uh, so um, Sylvanas actually uh, does just kind of shove Anduin to the side and executes Kalia oh. and then uh, flies back off um, to her side and away they go um, back to their, their city. So um, Anduin is carrying Kalia's body um, back in a frenzy, um, gets back to the temple in Stormwind where they're from, and um, they, through a miracle of the light, actually resurrect 
Callie Amenethil. Okay. Um, however, this brings us sort of to the point where we watched that trailer, um, where, uh, we're kind of at the expansion, um, for the battle for Azeroth. Uh, we have both sides thoroughly pissed at each other and ready to do war. So, um, Kalia, of course, uh, being upset about being executed for what she sees as no reason has, has decided, uh, she wants to take Lordaeron back, uh, which is what we see in that, uh, trailer there. And then, uh, of course, Sylvanas is going to defend that. And Anduin has agreed to sort of, uh, you know, attempt to take it with her. So. Okay. Thoughts, comments so far? Any, any questions up to this point? <clears throat> so why, why can't the gameplay just be like the trailer? I, I would totally play this game if it was like the trailer. Well, I think everybody would totally um, play that game if it was like the trailer. Also, to render the graphics like that, your video card would explode right out the back of your computer, um, and and it would it probably wouldn't run on anyone's computer. And I think it would take them like you know four billion years to make a game. It, it's worth the wait. <laughs> <laughs> old old man robes 97 years old spine like well i can play that battle for azeroth now it's finally worth playing yeah. uh, i got robes to play wow for like 15 minutes one day it was glorious <laughs> yeah and then zed had to go eat a sandwich or something i was like this is boring <laughs> all right i have a question so I'm looking at this thing on this fandom page about, uh, or this World of Warcraft wiki, and looking at Kalia Men- Menethil. Menethil. Menethil? Anyway. Yeah, th- yeah, that's it. I'm looking at her, and it says, obviously, that she's female. She's very delicately boned. I wonder if she was delicately boned. <laughs> and she is cute. Oh, <laughs> you make my editing so hard. Yes. <laughs> she's so like you said she's human so i again i don't understand why she belonged to because it says here she was betrothed to lord prester or um something like that or no uh wait she was betrothed to date yeah deval prester or something like that how did she become like undead or part of the horde that she that Uh, uh, kind of in uh, between yeah no no that's so sylvanas is the lady that's undead and right. leader of the she's horde. the she's the she's the elf one that's kind of she's yeah. leader of the horde. Why did she want? Why was she pissed about Kalia there being? Uh, okay, yeah. So Arthas Menethil, um, who was the son of uh, I can't I can't remember uh, the guy's name, but anyway, the Menethil line they they um they ruled Lord, the kingdom. Yeah, so she's she's Arthas's sister. So Arthas, who is the rightful heir to Lordaeron, um, yeah. ca- came in and like you know killed everybody, killed his father. That was assumed that he killed his sister. His sister actually escaped and had just been in hiding. She's she's human. Okay. Um, and uh, so Arthas is now dead. The, there, there's a point in uh, World of Warcraft before this where you we kill the Lich King. Um, so. Kalia Menethil is the rightful heir to Lordaeron. Okay, so that's why he said where this uh, this alliance thing was supposed to be happening, or this meeting of the the alliance and the horde 
he didn't want her stirring up trouble if she was seen. Is that what you said? Right, because he knew that if Sylvanas recognized that Callie Aminathil was out, you know, talking to her people and and his people, you know, she's not a um, neutral presence, really. She's not a member of the Alliance or the Horde, technically, politically. She is another faction, and it's, uh, you know, Sylvanas is kind of camping out in her kingdom and has made it her own, so it would be sort of a threat to Sylvanas, which is exactly how it was perceived. Okay. Okay. Got it. And I'm a little curious after looking at some of these multiple images of Sargeras, how or how he doesn't like, if he's that huge to be planet size, like one of these images, and maybe it's just, uh, you know, a little hyperbole on the side. Like he's, he could hold like the, it looks like he's got a picture of the earth and he could like, he's got his taloned hands there and he could like grab it like, a small basketball, you know what I'm saying? So if he's that huge, how did they stand against him first of all? And why doesn't he just, why couldn't he just like bring his hands together and crush planets and stuff like that? Um, well, he can, and he has many planets. He has brought his hands together and just crushed. Um, <laughs> so, uh, well, so they, they fought him before. And um, in that movie you watched, remember the sort of demon looking guy that took over Medivh? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, Horned head. Yeah. Yeah, that's the avatar of Sargeras. Okay. So, is he? Does he exist on? Like, can he be? Like, he's still huge, but like, can walk around on a planet, and then he can go even bigger to like planet size, or? Yeah. Well, he 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 himself just exists in one form, which is sort of planet size, and he's there. You know, there's basically he is um what what's known as a a he's a creation of the Titans. Um, it sounds like uh, in like the Marvel comics that uh, what's what's Galactus? The, yeah, Galactus. Yeah, yeah. Sort of exactly. Think of him kind of like that. Uh, but he has uh, an avatar which he can sort of you know control somebody or send his avatar to a planet and make it you know obviously uh, normal size to be able to to do what it is he needs to do on that planet. Uh, he pr- prefers to. Um, you know, his whole thing is just destroying planets, and the Burning Legion is a tool that he uses to destroy planets. So the Legion was there to destroy Azeroth, uh, but, you know, they failed, so he had to come in and try and do the trick, but um, they were ready for him when he got there, too, and sort of immediately um, uh, dealt with him. I'm assuming using magic and some other, cause I mean, how do you fight a guy that's off the planet? That's his. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it's some sort of magic that I don't under some sort of Titan canceling magic. Um, <laughs> they press the stop Titan button, <laughs> the easy button. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There's a cinematic for that too. I'll send it to you because it shows him plunging the sword in the world. And, yeah, that, that would be pretty cool. Like I saw yeah. out there, I didn't want to play it while we were while I was listening to you talking. Yeah. about it, But uh, I saw the giant sword plunge like in the planet, so that kind of make makes sense now. And I saw what it looks like in the game, and you're right, like on the horizon, you could see this giant sword's hilt sticking out, which is pretty interesting. And then I read some stuff about like what you were talking about the is it Azerite the the blood and like some yeah. A question of how could how could him plunging the thing into um what was the city called Silithus yeah it's it's like a 
it's not really a city. It's just uh, sort of like a, a an area of land, it, okay. like we would call, you know, Tennessee or gotcha. know, New York. Yeah. Okay. So he said, so if you if you plunge the sword into Silithus, how could it be? How could Azerite be coming out in the South Seas or something like that? And people's answers were like, well, if you plunge a sword into your body, you're going to bleed out other places because it disrupts your whole. You know, it's it's a huge effect like like one one person described it like okay when the dinosaurs were you know eviscerated off the planet or whatever it made extinct that extinction event it was a was a thing about one percent of the size of you know the planet uh, uh asteroid or whatever so imagine the a sword that you know the size of whatever he plunged in there would obviously is going to create cracks and stuff like that around the planet and that Azerite is kind of the lifeblood, like you said, coming out. Yeah, I mean, I would, you know, I would argue that you're just going to have, like, you know, volcanoes and all kinds of stuff just happening all over the place. Right. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, that that is what happened. I mean, you had tsunamis and, you know, earthquakes and all this other stuff from, yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Go ahead. Um, I'm ready whenever you're ready to talk. Yeah, about Sure. So um, let's talk a little bit about that battle there that that is happening and sort of the aftermath of that battle um, in Warcraft when you're playing Battle for Azeroth and what it ultimately ends up happening. So um, the battle for Lordaeron does actually result in Anduin taking the city. Um, and Anduin and the Alliance take the city. Um, and then there is, from what I understand, I haven't seen this yet because it's not technically released, but there's been descriptions of it. A, um, there is a cutscene where it, you know, shows sort of Anderman walking into the Undercity, which is where, you know, the Forsaken live and into Sylvanas' throne room. And, um, when that happens, Sylvanas, uh, fl- immediately flees and blows up the Undercity. Nope. So now we have sort of this problem of we, uh, you know, the Forsaken need a new home. Where are they going to get that? Um, and I have some ideas on that, I think, here in just a second we'll get to. Um, but also, I don't know if did that also destroy uh, Lordaeron and everything above it? Did that kill Anduin? I, I, there's no way it killed Anduin, but... Um, you know, there, there's a lot of implications there and a lot of, um, there's a lot of different ways that that could go. And I, I think it's just going to end up in the destruction of Undercity because basically they're taking Undercity out of the game and Lordaeron will, uh, become another Alliance city. So, oh, do you have a question? Uh, I was just going to ask. So, so like watching the battle scene, that was taking place there, which was, I've already said was really wicked cool. Like, and Robes, I think, agreed with that too. Like, um, it reminded me of, uh, like the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe in, you know, with the kind of creatures there are such a, a mix in the, you know, you probably know some of the races, but I thought it was neat. Like, like the, what are the the guys with the big teeth? Are they orcs? Did you say with the big fangs, the big green muscly guys? Yeah, the big green muscly guys are orcs. The big the guys that you see with like tusks and shooting lightning out of their fingers and stuff. Yeah, uh, those are trolls. Okay. The big cow dudes are Tauren. 
Those are, okay, yeah, I was gonna say. So the big like bull thing that's even bigger than them, like he like one was pulling uh, an orc back, like yeah, know, trying to help him. Yep, that's a yep. Tauren. Okay, Tauren, that makes sense. Like Taurus bull. Okay, and then like the the wolf, the wolf dude on the alliance side. Who the hell was he? Yep. So he's what's uh, he's the the his he's called King Greymane, and he is actually. Um, he is a uh, king of the Worgen, which is a race of werewolf men. So they're humans that turn into werewolves that are a race uh, that's joined with the Alliance. Nice. So he can revert back to human form? He can, yes. Pretty wild. However, they always fight in Worgen form for the obvious advantages of being uh, a too. werewolf. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. And we saw the Alliance pummeling like the city gates with uh, you know their uh, you know their uh, catapult flinging fire things and then like it, like you said it looked like maybe the horde was kind of being defeated there and Sylvanas was like enough of this shit and she like flies or jumps or whatever over to like one of the big siege engines and like shoots her does she have like endless air? I want to know what's up with her her bow. And does she have like endless black arrows that cause? Uh, you know what? Yeah, and actually, her her arrows are called black arrows in the game. So, yeah, that I like that bow is pretty sweet. And I was like, why didn't she just jump from one to the other and just destroy them all like that? Um, and then what the hell was that move that she did where she like came down to the ground and like went and like turned all black, smoky, and like. 30 people around her just died. Yep. So remember me telling you that Arthas turned her into a banshee. Oh, that was like so, a- yeah. So that was her banshee form. And she, uh, basically became a banshee and, uh, literally scared the life out of those people. <laughs> that was cool. Okay. So I, I get that. And then we see, so almost like the, for the horde, she screams and the tide kind of turns and they start attacking more ferociously the alliance and then we see um what was what anduin get knocked back his helmet comes off and what is this what is the piece inside his sword that's glowing so um that that sword is actually his father's sword that they had recovered um and so that that sword is actually it has sort of magical properties um because there's this real weird storyline where Varian, his father, actually got split off into two personalities, and half of each each of the personalities had a half of that sword, and it comes together to make the whole. So, sort of literally, his father's essence is sort of entrapped in that sword. So yeah, I was gonna say, so it's kind of like an Excalibur type thing, maybe not as yeah, yeah, something similar. So. Then he does this thing where his people start getting defeated. He's looking around, all his guys are sucking wind and on their knees, and they like they might get overrun. And what the heck was the thing he did? He pulled a gray stoke or gray skull. I am a- <laughs> like lifted up his hand, and like Thor's lightning came down, and the whole shield was around him, and everybody just like started getting up. What was that? Yeah, so in game, that's what's known as a mass resurrection spell, um, and he is a priest, so he called he called upon the light itself 
to literally resurrect his um, soldiers back to their normal state prior to death. Whoa. Because even Sylvanas there was like, holy shit, look at that. What, what did he just do? Yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, and, and you notice she kind of smiled there a little bit after that, too, yeah. because, yeah, she had she often refers to him as the boy, um, the boy king. And she yeah. under she I think she underestimates him up until that very moment and just seen him sort of as a weak presence. Oh, OK. And he almost was like he kind of proves and he was like for the alliance. And then they were all coming together and, you know, as yeah. Well lines approached each other and then obviously that's where they go out to the you know now you got to play the game so does does the game then like start at that point or are you working up to that point or like you just said is the whole point of the game and is the game out so it this this part of the game the battle for azeroth expansion comes out in august okay so. Um, how, however, um, traditionally, every time there's a WoW expansion prior to that, um, there there is the patch for the expansion, which is released kind of a couple weeks before, and um, the events um, there there's usually there's always a patch event, which sort of is a um, like a limited in-game like themed quests that you do. Um, that sort of bridge the gap between the two expansions and lead up to it. And I, I believe, so this event is that sort of pre-patch. So it's really going to come out before Battle for Azeroth. Mm. And you'll actually be able to play through this battle in the game, um, and get defeated or win, depending on which side you're on. Is, is that what the game really is? That it's a, it's a series of different battles and these, like this one is what's the L name of the city? Lorient, Lordaeron, Lordaeron. So this is a battle for Lordaeron, and then you your quest is to. So are you okay? And again, you said like kind of like the good versus the bad. Are you playing from the point of the alliance always? So no, you you actually choose your faction. Um, oh. So you either play as the alliance or as the horde. But doesn't the doesn't the game have to go a certain way? So if you played as the Horde and they're taking Lorna Ram back or whatever, wouldn't you be playing a losing? You you would be yes. You you'll be playing the Horde side of that campaign. You will be losing that battle. Okay. <laughs> now now there's so I mean those are major story events. So um you know those are arcs that kind of drive the story and they really can only go one way. Um, there are tons of, there, there's this, um, since the two factions are at war, there's actually this game, um, uh, this game type called war mode, um, which you can play as during the battle for Azeroth, which is as you were just sort of out in the world, you get more experience and more quest for having impromptu battles with the Alliance or Horde, you know, whichever you are. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's, uh, it's victor take all there. There's no scripting. Wow. Okay, so in the um, canon of World of Warcraft, is this is this already like you said, kind of like the outcomes already know is this already done? Like are the is is the story arc of World of Warcraft beyond this point? Like No no, it is not. The only reason I know this is because 
you know, the only, yeah, the only reason I even know this stuff that I'm kind of talking about now is, um, you know, people have to test this stuff before they release it to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so during testing, uh, things obviously leak. You know, when I talked about how uh, there was a cutscene where people yeah. have described it, but I haven't seen that. Right. Like, you know, so that's people reporting kind of what they have seen. Okay. Um, and, you know, nine out of ten times that stuff is all right. It'll play out and you'll you'll eventually see it. Yeah. Yeah. And some of it, like the stuff that's not like super top secret is like you can uh, some of the stuff you play through for this battle is on YouTube right now, even to watch. So, okay. (laughs) All right. So so obviously you have not played this yet because it doesn't come out till August and I'm assuming you're going to get it and play through it. Um, I guess I was World of Warcraft. Did it start? as a video game concept or was it based off of a comic book like a lot of the games you guys play uh or is it based off of some other graphic novel or even you know book that's out there some novel yeah no it actually started as a video game concept back in the mid 90s um with warcraft one orcs versus humans which is the story that you've seen in the movie (laughs) oh really okay yeah so that's why I remember you saying when um, I think when we, we used sort of kind of what we're doing tonight, what we did, like you said, the last one or two times before that. And we were watching the similar kind of thing where I said, that, man, this is great. They should make a movie just like this. And it was that orc. That's the wizard guy. Um, he was that old hunched over wizard. He was in the movie too. Gul'dan. Gul'dan. Is he is he still around? Is he dead? Uh, so we, we finally killed him a second time. Um, and Legion. So if I don't know if you remember the one we did, not not the one, the last one we did, but the one we did before that, like it was like the third episode ever of Real Surfers. Uh, there was a World of Warcraft expansion coming out, and that's kind of how we got started down this whole mess. Yeah. But that that was them going back in time um, and actually encountering Gul'dan a second time. Okay. Because I remember you at one point telling me like, when we were talking about like the movie that was coming, you go, you were like, yeah, but that was way before all the stuff that already happened <laughs> now. And, <laughs> yeah. And the people are the kids, kids that are, you know, you're like generations down the line or something. So that's why I was wondering. And then wasn't there one with like, um, I think the last one was fly, like flying ships, like, like boats. Yeah. Flying. Yeah. So that the, the two boats that were flying and then Sylvanas is Sylvanas yes. actually saves Varian. Yes. That was, that was that battle I was talking about, um, originally where, um, they were flying into that battle and Varian dies and Sylvanas had to retreat. Okay. And then this is Anduin is Varian's kid. Correct. Yes. Okay. Um, was, so wait a minute. So going back, Further then, in that first one, the bearded king that died in that, Varian was his son? Yes. Okay. And he grew up to carry it on, and now Anduin's carrying on, and each one like has a son. That yeah, and, and if you remember, um, the king's friend was named Anduin Lothar. Yeah, wasn't he the big Yeah. War? He was like the Lancelot? Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, Severian named his kid after him. Nice. Okay. Yep. He was the guy that flew on the the eagle. Yep. Whatever that was. Yeah. So, um, and actually I realized I do have my Battle for Azeroth events kind of uh, backwards. 
Um, Sylvanas actually does strike the first blow over the um, Azerite thing. Um, Anduin doesn't march on Lordaeron first, although he would have anyway, I believe, if Sylvanas hadn't done this. <laughs> but um, Sylvanas actually realizes that the Alliance is going to try and get their hands on Azerite too. And, of course, the majority of the Azerite at this point is all around Silithus. Um, and the quickest way for the Alliance to get um, Azerite to uh, the Eastern Kingdoms, which is where the Alliance and Lordaeron is and all that, the, the uh, because Silithus is on a totally separate continent where the Horde does have a capital city there, but the Alliance doesn't. Um, well, the Alliance has uh, what's called Darnassus, which is the only and closest thing, really, that the Alliance has um, on that continent. Um, and it is a night elf. It's the, the Alliance race night elves. Uh, it's their capital city, and it is a gigantic tree. Um, it's a very massive, we're talking semi-Sargeras sword-sized tree. Like Avatar. Uh, yeah, like Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's, uh, it you know, their city is sort of built within and around it. And um, Sylvanas actually uh, burns it to the ground oh. because she wants to be the only uh, the only uh, faction that has Azerite because she wants to use it to destroy the Alliance once and for all. And she knows that that's Anduin's quickest way to get uh, Azerite in the shipping lanes to the Eastern Kingdoms is through Darnassus. So she takes over Darnassus burns it down to demoralize the night elves and occupies it. Um, and then uh, the battle for Lordaeron is actually Anduin um, striking back, if you will. Wow. Yikes. Okay, so um, one more question about Sargeras. I know I haven't let Robes talk, which is, he's going to say that's typical. Um why did he, why does, do they show a lot of pictures of him looking like, or they show a transformation of him? He looks like a giant, like, Native American warrior dude at one point. Sargeras? Yeah. Have you ever seen pictures of that? I don't think I've seen the Native American warrior Sargeras. He's like wearing a headband and, uh, here, let me, uh, share my screen just to show you real quick what I'm looking at. And you can tell me if I'm, off. Uh, can you see that? Oops, let me click share screen to see this guy. Oh yeah, okay. So, so yeah, that was back before he became fell corrupted. Um, Here, he's yeah his, his transformation. Yeah, so so that's he was originally created um, by the Titans, sort of to uh, to rid the galaxy of the void. Which is sort of an evil presence, but um, he he becomes corrupted and realizes that the only way to save everything from the void is to destroy everything. Uh, okay, so, he's, he's kind of going um, Thanos. Yeah, he basically becomes insane. <laughs> <laughs> we must destroy everything to make it right. Okay, that's neat. Yeah. I that's kind of cool. I mean, this whole, I mean, that there's just from hearing you talk about the beginning of there's so much lore and canon to this. I can't believe. Yeah. It. I mean, there's absolutely oh. books upon books upon books upon in-game story. And uh, it's, it's just so much stuff. It, it's 
I don't even want to know if you if you just had like the entire written lore of World of Warcraft. I don't I don't want to ha- know how much book that would take up. Yeah, right. <laughs> wow. So what's your so your what's your then your final thought or take on this game? Yeah, so um I am very excited going into this one. Of course, I always am, so that doesn't really say too much. But, uh, you know, I am, I'm, I'm glad that it's kind of getting back to its root a little bit. I feel like it's been a very long time since we've done the Alliance versus the Horde. While you've always been able to have battles and like, you know, there's always been small skirmishes between the two factions. It's been really since, I guess, Warcraft 2. Uh, back in the mid '90s, that we've actually had an all-out alliance versus horde war. Come on. Yeah, I mean that was some stuff with. Um, Why are they always teaming up? Or are they just focusing on one? Particular? Well, there's there's always a threat that's more imminent. That's like you know a danger to the entire world. E- even when um, there was this horde faction leader for a while named Garrosh Hellscream, um, and even when he kind of started his uh Nazi version of the horde the uh the tr- you know true horde sort of broke off and said okay you know he's trying to be Hitler uh let's let's team up with the alliance and stop him boy they do like to team up with the alliance when it suits them don't they yeah yeah they do <laughs> all right so uh rubs any uh anything from you <laughs> yeah, sorry What else can I say? (laughs) I haven't already said about this game. Yeah, I think you you pretty much have already made that comment. Blizzard, if you're listening, you can get robes to buy your game by making it play exactly like that trailer. Yes, you'll get Kurt Akujo to watch a movie with it, too. (laughs) Um, But I think when it comes out and you... How long will it take you to play through it? Um, so just to play through like the scenarios, like that we were talking about, like the, uh, the battle for Darnassus and the battle for, um, Lordaeron, I, I would say those probably are like an hour max each. Okay. But, well, so what, what is, uh, so then maybe I didn't ask, so what does the game consist of then? Is it, it's called the battle for Azeroth, but do you already know how it will end? Like we, we do not know. So, so we really don't even know, like beyond those two events, which, you know, those two events, um, the, the Darnassus and the, um, Lordaeron, the battles, they really just take us up to the battle for Azeroth really beginning, you know, like, like I said, so that, that will be sort of the content that happens between now and the actual release of battle for Azeroth. Uh-huh. So, um, we really don't know what, holds too much once battle for azeroth releases um there will be uh we know whole new continents to explore on azeroth where we're going to go and you know get this azerite and make weapons out of azerite and um of course we will be um doing you know many many battles with the alliance uh both scripted and impromptu along the way i look forward to uh, killing many alliance in the coming months. Oh, you you play as a as a bad. So I was going to say a bad guy, but I guess it's all your perspective. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm on. I play the horde character. Yeah. Oh, 
because I thought you were a weren't you a big um aren't you a big orc like dude or some uh Atarin, one of the big bull guys. Bull guys, okay. I thought I I had been playing a Taran warrior, but um and Wally has has been playing an uh a Taran druid, but we're switching it up this time. Uh he's going to be playing a um I think it's I think it's he's playing a, a Taran death knight and I'm going to be playing a um Taran paladin. Oh, we, we like the Taran. <laughs> yeah, like the Taran. You like the big bulls. Oh. Um, can you ever play as any, is there, or does anybody ever get the chance to play as any of the title characters or the main? Um, occasionally there will be like flashbacks or something or little scripted events where you get to sort of, you know, play through their eyes, but that's, um, in general, that's a very rare thing. And then is, is this game at all like uh robes what's the name of that thing that's out now or the the big thing fallout what's the fortnite fortnite yeah do you play yeah no so so it's it's a it's a completely different sort of thing altogether now it does have um a gigantic free-for-all battle where you have um you know a bunch of people duking it out in uh pvp sort of game mode, but it's not really anything at all like what Fortnite is and its core concept. Yeah, because you know, yeah, Fortnite and their battle royales is so much fun. <laughs> well, I, you know... <laughs> uh, I don't think World of Warcraft could hold a candle to this. <laughs> it's a, it's a, I didn't think I was going to out, sorry. <laughs> Fortnite tends to bore the crap out of me, but uh, my daughter plays it. <laughs> yeah, um... Cause okay, we and I was gonna say maybe we'll get to watch you play again at some point. Like I think you got we watched you play a session you had or you showed us a a thing on Twitch or something of oh yeah yeah back um Holly was on and a bunch of your other people were on and you guys were all like let's go over here and beat the crap out of this oh no we got to watch out for the magic spell you cast this and you guys were like talking on headsets to each other and stuff yep. You know, I found I found that while people are just like bullies online, they're, they're just mean to you, and you know, just what? being mean to bullies is just not nice. Who is the, oh. the the World of Warcraft players? They're all just like mean bullies, <laughs> You're smoking the dopes, rub. <laughs> not not yet. <laughs> After the yeah, but uh, that'd be cool. I'd like to see it, like some of the gameplay when it. Uh... Yeah, yeah, I can uh, put it up on Twitch and have you guys dial in or uh, record it and let you guys watch it at your leisure or something. Yeah, after all this, I'd like to see what happens. Cool. Uh, Thank you for watching. Yeah. That, is, that was quite the, uh, there's quite the background. I'm just amazed, like I said, how deep No, No problem. I think I've been going about an hour. Um, and I, I was kind of nervous about this, to be honest, but, uh, I, it just, once I start going, I just kind of nerd, nerd mode engages and I just go. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right. Well, I think I, I'm done. If you guys want to give the outro and all that, and we can call this thing a real surfers podcast. All right. Well, man, like I said, that was. That was pretty engaging and pretty mind blowing. You really, uh, really know the lore there. Um, 
and it, it's you know, kind of pick up on some of them. I remember some of the some of the names you say start to, are sounding familiar, and uh, you know some of those main characters are really cool. So uh, thanks for sharing it with us, Zeddy. Um, and I think we will put a wrap on that for tonight. So um, you know, you guys, uh, if you like this World of Warcraft thing, let us know. And we'd be happy to get Zed back on and talk about it anytime if you guys want to hear hear more about it or if you want to hear how the gameplay actually went and after August when uh, when this game comes out. So uh, thanks. You know, you know where to find us out there on the the Real Surfers and uh, hit us up on Twitter or uh, you know check us out on our, our podcast feeds and we appreciate it. So thanks again, Zed. Take care. Peace. Be good. Love each other, guys. We are out of here.